We're here from Curiosity.com to help you get smarter in just a few minutes. I'm Cody Goff. And I'm Ashley Hamer. Today, you'll learn about what starquakes can tell us about our universe, why quitting is underrated, and the truth behind some of the most Googled scientific misconceptions. Let's satisfy some curiosity on the award-winning Curiosity Daily. You know about earthquakes, and we've talked about moonquakes. And today, we're going to go one step further and talk about, wait for it, starquakes. They're real, and they are seriously violent. And these explosions in space reveal information about stars that help us unravel the mysteries of our solar system. Let me give you an example. Scientists are still learning about starquakes, but one in particular stands out. In December 2004, scientists observed a massive quake 50,000 light years away in the neutron star known as SGR 180620. Neutron stars like that one are the leftovers of a huge star caving in on itself at the end of its life. So they're extremely dense with a strong gravitational pull. The stars themselves are small enough to fit into a medium-sized city, but a teaspoonful of neutron star matter would weigh at least a billion tons here on Earth. When the starquake on SGR 180620 happened, it released a flash of energy that lasted about a tenth of a second. According to Space.com, even that fraction of a second released more energy than the sun emits in 150,000 years. The flash was brighter than anything we've ever seen from beyond our solar system. Scientists think it was caused by an abrupt change in the star's magnetic field. A neutron star's intense magnetic field is locked to its solid crust, so a change in one leads to a change in the other, meaning all of that incredibly dense matter went crack. The result? A massive starquake. The data scientists take during starquakes like this one help them measure light waves they wouldn't be able to observe otherwise. Astronomers typically use light waves of all wavelengths to understand the nature of the universe, but X-ray astronomers specifically focus on that one part of the electromagnetic spectrum to measure celestial bodies. X-rays allow scientists to learn more about what might make up the inside of the neutron stars they're measuring, and how thick the crust might be based on the waves emitted. If you're interested in more X-ray research, then follow NASA's first neutron star mission. They're calling it NICER, and NASA says it's the world's first demonstration of X-ray navigation in space. For 18 months, a payload attached to the International Space Station and made of X-ray mirrors will closely observe neutron stars for starquakes and other phenomena like thermonuclear explosions. NASA says they even hope to learn about the possibility of X-ray communications during this mission, which would be helpful in future space exploration. Quitting is underrated. Yeah, I said it. Our culture glorifies perseverance, but there's a lot of research that shows that sometimes quitters do prosper. Hard work is key to success, sure, but today I want to get into the science of strategically giving up. This hits close to home because I did this in college and it was really hard. What did you quit in college? I dropped my music major. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I ended up with a journalism degree. I was going to double major. And the worst part is it was partway into my first semester, my senior year. And I just looked at my class load and Dang. where I was at. And I was just like, I, this isn't. Well, I kept my music major and look at us now. Look, look who's really using their journalism degree. <laughs> <laughs> you play gigs like every weekend. <laughs> we both get the best of both worlds. We did. But hey, here's the thing. A lot of people look at their life in terms of what economists call sunk costs. That's the cost of something you've already paid for that you can't recover. But that's not just about money. It can refer to the amount of time you spent on something, like all the time I spent in practice rooms my freshman, sophomore, and junior year of college. Here's another example. Let's say you wanted to make a living playing video games full-time and streaming online on Twitch or YouTube or somewhere. 
All that time you spend building a website and recording and editing broadcasts and marketing your show, all of that is a sunk cost. Even if you don't see any traction with getting more viewers or making any money, you might think to yourself, how can I quit now? You've already put so much time and energy into your dream, right? You're almost there. But the thing is, as Stephen Dubner notes on his Freakonomics podcast, thinking this way means you're constantly looking backward into the past. You're focusing on what you've already done, which you can't change. This often leads to what's known as the sunk cost fallacy. That's when you keep at something because otherwise you'll feel like you've wasted all that time you spent. Think of this, though. Everything you do presently right now has an opportunity cost, as economists put it. You're abandoning all the things you could have done with that same time and effort. When you think in terms of opportunity costs, the central question of your life isn't, what have I done so far? It's, what's my most compelling option right now? Economists aren't the only people saying that quitting can be a good thing. Even the Harvard Business Review has positive things to say about it, saying that quitting can set you free from mundane busy work with minimal payoff. Quitting also opens you up to opportunities that are better suited to your talents. Try calling your obvious failure a failure early on by failing quickly, as economist Stephen Levitt puts it. That'll help you try more things and ultimately find that perfect fit for who you are. And by the way, research shows that when you can let go of impossible dreams without beating yourself up, you're less stressed, you're likely to sleep better, and you're less likely to have health issues, including stuff like constipation, eczema, and even depression. Just remember that while quitting is not the answer to every problem, never quitting is not necessarily something to be proud of either. The real goal is to know when to give up and when to keep going. Our goal is to satisfy your curiosity. And one way for us to know what people are curious about is, well, Google. The website Information is Beautiful identified the most searched for myths and urban legends. So today, we thought we'd take the most science-focused items on that list and dig into 10 of the most Googled scientific misconceptions. Yes, since I know we have listeners in Australia, I think this one will be one of their favorites. This misconception is that toilets in the northern and southern hemisphere swirl the opposite way. Oh man, this is a big one for me. They don't. The reason this myth exists is probably because of the Coriolis effect. That's a very real thing that involves the way the rotation of the Earth makes hurricanes and tornadoes swirl counterclockwise in the northern hemisphere and clockwise in the southern hemisphere. But not toilets. They are too small for this to have any effect. Oh, here's a good one. You should wait an hour after eating to swim. Actually, it's totally okay to swim right after you're eating. Swimming super strenuously on a very full stomach could lead to cramps, but the risk actually isn't that high. In fact, one report on drownings in the U.S. found that less than 1% occurred shortly after a meal. Here's one for our culinary friends out there. We've told you this once before, but it's still true. You should not add oil to your pasta. All that does is prevent the sauce from sticking to the noodles. Plus, you'll be left with a plate of oily noodles, and nobody likes that. So, don't put oil on your pasta. Here's a twofer. You don't have a gene for something, and your brain isn't hardwired to do anything. Genes aren't really for anything. They're just more like a set of instructions that might have different effects in different circumstances. One gene might be associated with certain traits in one species, but completely different traits in a different context. And along the same lines, one particular human brain might show a tendency towards certain habits, but brains are too flexible to say that they're just hardwired for something. There's not much to the idea that they're hardwired from birth for any particular set of traits. 
And going back to food, you may have heard of the five second rule, which means that if you drop some food on the floor, you could eat it as long as it was there for less than five seconds. Uh, yeah, don't do that. Maybe you don't need to be told the germs won't actually wait five seconds before they start to infect your snacks, but we're going to tell you anyway. Just a refresher, whether it's carpet, tile, or wood, you probably shouldn't eat food that's been on the floor. Ashley. <laughs> no regrets. <laughs> you have a really strong immune system, I bet. You can read our full list of scientific misconceptions on Curiosity.com or on our free Curiosity app for Android and iOS. And that is not a misconception. Read about today's stories and more on Curiosity.com. Join us again tomorrow for the award-winning Curiosity Daily and learn something new in just a few minutes. I'm Cody Goff. And I'm Ashley Hamer. Stay curious. On the Westwood One Podcast Network.